Why so happy? Things are changing. The Allies have taken Italy, France will be next, and soon the war will be over. God damn it! Why does that make you happy? You hate your country that much? I love my country. It's a war I hate. It's pointless and stupid, and the sooner we have peace, the better. Oh, the war will end. We will crush our enemies into dust, and when they are destroyed, we shall use the graves as toilets. Okay, no more politics. Dinner is neutral ground. This table is Switzerland. Let's eat. <clears throat> You aren't eating. No, I am not that hungry. I might eat later. For now, I'm just going to chew on these grapes. Well, I'm especially hungry tonight. So maybe I'll just finish yours. Don't want it to go to waste. Two twenty-three. That's how many of these I've done, and uh, we're doing another one here. Jojo Rabbit. I watched this movie with my wife in the movie theater. Uh, did we see this in the big? I'm trying to remember if we saw this. No, it was a normal, normal theater. It wasn't the uh, Dolby recliners AMC. Oh, it was just in the regular theater. <laughs> Uh, let's get into this though. The, the elephant in the room. Let's squash the elephant in the room. Those German accents. C come on. We do have to watch another movie where they're talking English, but with German accents, even though they're playing German characters. That it's a classic pet peeve of mine. But look, it's sort of the at a certain point you're you're kind of either accept that or you don't sometimes. And I think in this case, the movie being. Having such, this is kind of the perfect scenario where a movie can get away with that. If you're, I, I hate when dramas do that because if you're going to do a period piece drama and try and be true to everything, but then you know they're, and I didn't watch the Chern Chernobyl thing, but apparently like that threw, that threw up a lot of people. Like why they were saying English accents? It was all English actors and just talking in their normal voice. Uh, or no, wait, was it English actors doing a Russian accent? Chernobyl. I can't remember whether they were just not doing it. I almost like would like like it better if they don't do accents at all and they portray these characters and you sort of have to because you're you're taking out you're taking out of it to a certain degree when when a, when a character like Scarlett Johansson is doing an accent. Uh, and I'm assuming the little boy and the little girl character and the, the actors here are also American or English speaking first you know a language, so they were also doing accents. I think I don't know, uh, but. Putting that aside, it, why does it work here? Because the movie itself just it doesn't give a shit about history. It's not about history. And so I, when I looked on the, up the, when I got done watching this movie, I really like this movie. Okay, I think this is uh, easily in my can be in my top ten movies of twenty nineteen. Uh, I think it's not not a masterpiece necessarily, but I think it will history will be kind to it. That's sort of what I will like to I think the best thing I can say about this movie is that I think it's going to age really well. I think people will look back on it and its message. It's this anti it's 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 really just a anti-hate satire. And he uses the character of Hitler and the notion of World War II. He doesn't care about telling a story about the Holocaust. He doesn't care about uh 
getting any of the details right about of the you know I, people were nitpicking like certain things that I read like about like the this would never the allies wouldn't come, like the date the dates are odds like this this didn't look like like he doesn't give a, this movie is not about that he's using especially in this day and age when they, when there's all sorts of uh you know even just the other day the army navy game these two fucking soldiers in the back of the uh t- behind uh Reese Davis and the I think it was the uh, re, uh, ESPN crew. Maybe it was CBS. I'm not sure. But behind one of the TV crews, they had all the idiots in their in their uh, army uniforms, and they they two of them did the uh, uh, white power symbol, the OK thing. They, they flashed that out. Really cool stuff. So in this day and age, he's using you know he's using the concept of um, Hitler and Nazism, just just having that swastika being and so prevalent in every one of these shots. Uh, and I, I I loved the the um, the look of this movie, uh, even if it wasn't historically accurate or whatnot. I thought it I thought it was really good. And th- and and uh, I'm gonna screw up his name. Taika Waititi. Uh, Taika, well, I well, you know what? He deserves it. How to how to pronounce Taika Waititi? Okay, he he deserves it. Here we go. These YouTube videos never never been, aren't always accurate. Uh, let's check it out. How to pronounce Taiki Waititi. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Listen one more time. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. I don't know if that's accurate either, but Taika Waititi is a uh, really, really, really talented and uh guy and obviously i didn't uh i didn't see the thor movie he did everyone likes that that uh, marvel movie thor ragnarok they said that's a good one i don't know i never saw it uh but i loved hunt for the wilder people which he wrote and directed and is not in i don't believe her he's not in a big, big role in that that was really good of course he has a large part in the uh what how what we do in the shadows movie and also ser- tv series which is phenomenal and this movie's really great. It's it's uh, to me it's, a, it's like a nine out of ten, uh, right there uh, uh, at that score. And I uh, looked up this movie after seeing it. And I was thinking, oh well, this is going to clean up. This is going to be a ninety six percent on the Rotten Tomatoes, right? So I didn't actually. Have, I avoided all that before I went and saw that. And what do I see when I got on there? It's currently. I think it's gone up, but it's currently at seventy nine percent. And then I was looking at some of the critics. Like notable critics were given that were dinging this movie. Uh, here's a couple of them from the uh, top critics. This is just an, uh, I don't know all these guys at all, but um, a staggeringly ill-conceived satire that completely fails to explore its own premise. Okay. Uh, the ingredients are appetizing. This is another guy being uh, with a horrible picture. The ingredients are appetizing, but the final mixture curdles. Oh, that's clever. Here's another guy from Simon Marudo. Uh, he's got. No, he's not a top critic. Fuck, fuck that guy. I'm only gonna read top critics fannings. Um, let's go see here. Uh, Richard Brody. Okay, the New Yorker. Today, making fun of Hitler and his minions is both easy and pointless because he poses no threat. YTT is kicking a dead bull. Uh, Rex Reed from The Observer. It's a well-meaning idea that never quite succeeds on the levels of either comedy or drama. Call it a noble failure. 
Oh, that's that's the that's the fun like kind of a uh, soft landing uh, review. Anyway, I could go on and on. There's plenty of them uh, from again noted publications and noted critics who did not like this movie. They did not. They thought it was way too fluffy, and it is it is a little fluffy. Um, but spoiler alert here. Uh, the, I mean, Scarlett Johansson is is murdered. Uh, she's she's basically assassinated for her political beliefs. And so they had to deal with a scene uh, with a with a kid seeing uh, he's already lost his father, having to see his mother being hanged in, in the public in a public forum. Uh, that's not very fluffy to, to me. I, and I, I and I thought and I thought that was done extremely well. And there's this whole there's this whole thing about setting up this thing. He can't tie his shoes. He's a little boy. This movie. It's about this little boy's innocence and how he, how easily he can be pulled one way or the other by these just ideological uh, forces. And it, I, I, you know, I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, if anything, I might be too low on my score here. I think it's, it's a, it's, it's a solid. You know, what did I give it here? I might, I'm gonna, ra- I might raise my score, just despite all these motherfuckers. Um, I think it's, yeah, because I have to go above. I have to go above nine. Nine point, yeah, I'm gonna put it right here. Nine point oh, nine point oh seventy one. Let's give it. All right, nine point oh seven one for Jojo Rabbit, which um, is great. And I'll say this: the the one of the one of the reasons why you know you have Hitler, the idea of Hitler as an imaginary friend to me, right off the bat, is funny to me, and it's a premise that I really like and and would happily want to engage with for a full movie. But I understand the critique that that something like that could be. Uh, could be jar could be grading you know it could it could it could if it's not done well but uh, and so when i when i see that he he's playing hitler like the director writer is playing and this was adapted from a book he he wrote the screenplay adapted from a book uh you know when you when i when i saw that he was doing the role of hitler i was like well this could this could get a little much but it's honestly the hitler imaginary friend thing is is so less uh, a part of it as, than I would have figured going in. I mean, you would think that movie is being always marketed as the Hitler imaginary friend movie, movie but th- that idea that that character is is always there, but it's done with such like it's a really a beautiful amount of restraint that he that he he puts into the um, screenplay, u- utilizing that character. You know, it comes and goes. It just just felt like just the perfect amount. You know, it wasn't too much uh, him doing the Hitler bit. And it's comical. I mean, his Hitler is is a is a buffoonish version of Hitler. And and it, and to me, that why 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 are we you know, it's too you made Hitler too buffoonish. Like can it's like fuck fuck that. Who care? Who were who were who these these gatekeepers of good taste? It's very, I don't I don't like it. Uh, um, I kind of want to read more of these uh, negative reviews just because let's just see if there's anybody who else any other review. Uh, uh, Peter Travers gave it a uh, um, a kind of a, a lukewarm pass. He's that's sort of the, he gave it the classic three and a half out of five, and then uh, didn't really go one way or the other. Our A. A. Dowd, this guy's a top critic. Uh, true satire challenges and provokes. This one offers free hugs. Okay, so he so his his so and and maybe uh, that just from that sense, he gave it a C plus. Is that he it's not cutting enough. You know, I, I, I think he. But again, that it's it's felt everything about this movie felt so purposeful that 
to knock it for for some of these things that people are knocking it for. Well, I think they're purposeful decisions. So I mean, it's like you're kind of I, I, like I don't think they're failures. I think I think he like uh, meant to do all this. I don't know. I'm looking to see if there's any other main uh, like notable reviewers that didn't like it. Um, A.O. Scott, the New York Times reviewer, he gave it a he gave it a tomato. And, but I think you know he does. He doesn't give grades out to his score, so they had to just gauge it by what he wrote. And his the synopsis here that from his review is and and these film critics must love me pick nitpicking the rotten like like this goes against everything of like old school film critic for critiquing is just just nitpicking the uh uh little the one liners uh to death uh, that are just pulled from their reviews that do not are not fair to do i mean that doesn't give uh the, anyone listening or anyone reading the full perspective of that person's thoughts on the movie so take that uh, i understand i understand it um but so he his he wrote ao scott it risks going in in a dozen different ways and managed to avoid oh it risks going wrong in a dozen different ways and manages to avoid at least half of them so that's very that's very Basically saying it does go wrong half the time. Uh, Katie Walsh, who I believe is the critic who gave, who wrote that I thought very interesting um, piece on Endgame, Avengers Endgame, about how it was the first critic-proof film. Gave it a two out of four. And her little synopsis thing is why TT's silly, irreverent performance takes the pomp and vigor out of the blustering Führer declawing the towering 20th century figure of hate. However, in doing so, he declaws his own satire, too. I See, I disagree with that. I don't think... I, see, I, I disagree with that statement of, of, as fact. I just... Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. David Edelstein of New York Magazine and Vulture, he liked it. And he... But again, his, he, he liked it. In, even though, even the, the tomatoes here that added to the tomato score... Uh, where a lot of them were lukewarm. Like he didn't. His his little blurb was um. So funny to me. This really uh. He wrote um. Even if I didn't, even if I don't love Jojo Rabbit, which is based on a novel that I now intend to read. Okay, who cares? That's not why we need to care about that. I love that it exists and that what TT has forced me to re-examine my own responses. Okay, so maybe that's a little more promising. Couple more. Owen Gleiberman, who is a noted writing for Variety now. It's a feel-good movie, all right, but one that uses the fake danger of defanged black comedy to leave us feeling good about the fact that we're above a feel. Wow, that's a fucking sentence. I got. I'm gonna actually highlight this sentence. Who boy? It's a feel-good movie, all right but one that uses the fake danger of defanged black comedy to leave us feeling good about the fact that we're above a feel-good movie? What? Is this actually from the review? From Variety? Is, okay, this is, the, this is so from the top line. Now I'm actually on the Variety page. Taika Waititi's feel-good hipster Nazi comedy in which the director plays a mean girl version of Hitler parentheses have no fear he's just a hero's imaginary friend is a movie that clear that creates the illusion of danger while playing it safe i don't know if i can read this 
fucking guys thing. This is, that's yeah. So I mean, in a way, like I'm glad some some of the best movies of the last uh, of my lifetime, really, of the Rotten Tomatoes era, let's call it, uh, have these kind of you know they're not like obviously seventy nine percent is not. There's so many. There's a lot of shit on here. That's what ten percent, nine percent. You know, like it goes all the way down to single digits uh, for some of these shit movies. But um, to have a movie like this that you would that you would think would would kind of eat a lot of these critics, you know, God love them, but they 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 follow a certain they toe a certain line, and. To me, after watching this, that's why that's why I'm going on and on about this this idea. I don't normally like to just make this about the critical response. It's really this show, if anything, should if if it's a singular uh, voice, my voice should be about my opinion of the movie, and then say, me saying interesting things about why the movie is good and why you should uh, either watch it or not watch it based upon the review. But a lot of times, I do find myself uh, getting going down these rabbit holes these jojo rabbit holes uh because it, it's it's fascinating to me in this weird we're, this weird culture that we're in uh because let's see and end game i don't even know i don't know what uh avengers end game is and not end game the uh <laughs> there's a 2003 movie called end game that came up first how is this not the first fucking thing when i search on here there's nothing for what the fuck Ninety-four percent. Uh, finally got to it. Ninety-four percent. That's on the critics' consensus. It actually has the critics have a higher fucking the audience score for Avengers Endgame is ninety. How is that even possible? Like, how is that even possible? The critic, the uh, audience score for for Jojo Rabbit is ninety-five. So th- that's that's fascinating to me. Uh, it will always be fascinating to me. Bit of a cold here. Uh, I woke up with a cold, sore throat. Luckily, not a fever. I had a fever and a and a throat thing a couple weeks ago. So the fever is not. That's always the worst. The fever is just the worst. You gotta hate. God, gotta hate fevers. You gotta hate fevers. Did I send in this review? Yeah. Okay. I guess. So all four of uh, so I did this movie uh, review, Jojo Rabbit. We're ending it right now. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I know I was me bitching about critics most of the time. Uh, I think I hopefully here and there uh, talk. Yeah, I should talk a little. Why is the movie good? I mean, the movie's good because it's a just. I I think it's a perfect like screenplay. It's really a great adaptation. I would give him a best Oscar nomination for best adapted screenplay. For this, to be honest with you, and the kid actors, the kid actors make this movie sure. Scott Johansson is fine. So is uh, Sam Rockwell is actually really good and, and funny. And uh, Stephen Merchant is is hilarious in his uh, one scene. Really, he's only in one scene, but he's just fantastic in it. Uh, but the kid actors, the girl hiding away in the Anne Frank type role, and the and the and the boy who's the main character, Jojo, is uh, they're both fantastic child actors. And they, and man, this this movie's. I can't imagine they must be stressful to make because you're just you're dealing with kids in, in in a role like this. That if they if they if they stink, that movie is just it doesn't work. And um, I give them all. I give I give 
Taika Waititi all of the credit in the the crediti <laughs> in the warliti. That'd be funny just to make me all words sound like his name. I think he would appreciate that. He seems like a really uh, talented and chill and good dude who uh, appreciates a laugh here. And uh, uh, he made a great satire here. He made a really good satire. Again, to me, easily a top 10 movie of the year. Uh, does it crack the top five? Uh, I haven't seen everything yet, but I, I don't know if it's in my top five. But I think it easily is it easily going to crack the top 10. Uh, I moved it up a little bit on my scale there to to a solid nine out of ten, and uh, I if you haven't seen if you haven't seen it go see it because go see it for yourself. Don't let all these Rotten Tomatoes go. All, all these critics got so they got so upset about the little Jojo Rabbit movie. Can't you you look at us? I think it's the swastika just being everywhere. It's, it, it's it's like fucks with people's heads or something. All right, uh, there you have it. That's it for me today. I got I got I got other shit I got to do, but uh, we'll be back with maybe three three movie reviews tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, the 18th day of December. The year is almost over. 2020, here we come. Uh, I cannot wait for 2020. I've been psyched about this year for a long time. Go back and listen to my last couple pods, and you'll hear me talk about all about how 2020 is going to be a magnificent year. We're looking forward to it. It's a it's got this uh, it's got the synergy. Because it's got that, uh, what do you call it, a symmetric uh, look to it, the 20 and the 20. It's just, it's perfect. It's just, so I'm really feeling the good 2020 energy. And I bless you for listening. I bless your ears, well, your left ear and your right ear. So you can wiggle both of them for me right now. If you're listening to this uh, on headphones, just lift the headphones up a little bit. Just make sure your earlobes are out and wiggle each one. And then kiss your hand and then put it out and kiss your other hand. And then put them both on your, your cheeks. Now that's me giving you a kiss.